Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100%, fuck yeah. Join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going. And at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. Welcome to episode 54 of the Just Life podcast. My name is David, and uh, unfortunately, Vern is not with us this morning. He had uh, some work to do on a Saturday that has us has him not be here with us. So it's Wakefield and I, and we are going to uh, jam a little bit here and talk about whatever shows up. Uh, I would say just uh, starting with how our, our weeks have been. My week, if you're asking me directly, Wakefield, how's your week been? My week has been, I'm taking psychology in class right now. So my days and nights are filled with question. I mean, you're not supposed to get all freaky, dive down the rabbit hole, you know, get into nihilism and everything with the new truths that you figure out. But it's really made me question a lot about me. Mm. I've been feeling absolutely, like, honestly, quite fragile. I have. Up here, I've been questioning myself on a lot of things. He did this values exercise, and I forget the process of it, but it's long and arduous to come down to the five, and he explained how he did it. And it's something I've never done, of course. Hearing how it's supposed to evolve, truthfully, I'm scared to do it. What like, scares you about it? I don't even know. That's just a blanket statement. I'm just like, I think I thought that I was for a lot for at least two and a half years now, I've been doing a lot of work. Real work, no bullshit work, no cheating on the work. And I've been keeping my eyes as widely open as possible to make sure that I'm doing all the work. And I was feeling like I got it. Okay. I'm doing it all. I'm not fucking around take three classes with this guy. I'm like, I'm like I think I'm fucking right. <laughs> I'm right, right up the beginning again. Holy. Yeah. So it's been like that. It's been, I've been feeling really questionable about wake. So this is really great. Cause, um, and, and I had mentioned it earlier before you showed up, the work that, um, that we do all the time is, is help businesses figure out where they stand in terms of a values perspective. And it is a thing that everyone grapples with, partly because we feel like we got to get it right. And that um, if we don't get it right, right away, then we're, we're likely not going to get it right. And there's no right answer in doing that work. It is just like being with yourself and everything that shows up and listening to what, what starts to rise above the noise. That sounds all good and funky, and I follow you with that, but I believed I was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without any ego on the outside of this, I thought, finally, I've got You honestly thought on. that you got it. Now, it's, now I'm working on it. What's Not the thing that disrupted just, it? This guy has a... The way this gentleman speaks psychology is so 
passionately charged and so know, intelligently worded dr jess dr jess that it's poetry mm. awesome so when someone can take science and make it sound that lovely to a poet maybe in that statement alone you can understand why i feel a little rocked off my moorings this guy just he's blowing me away so that's how my week has been it's been pretty dodgy up there oh man well just uh good dodgy i think i've been i've been given some advice a long time ago it's a uh it's a it's a ride that we're on a roller coaster even thank you <laughs> and uh in his words of wisdom were don't get off until the ride's over <laughs> yeah and the funny thing is the ride never ends so you just get to hang on. It's all on. about the journey. Just hang on. <laughs> <laughs> when people say, Wake, how you doing? Getting through. <laughs> totally, totally. So so you've been grappling with with uh, with a values conversation, which is an awesome More thing. than values. A lot. Mm. A lot of stuff. That's just one thing. All right. There's a lot of stuff. Didn't mean to cut you off like that, but no, it's not just that. It's basically everything the guy's talking he's talked about Jungian, Freudian things like the shadow, blah, 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 blah. just everything and the way he has said it has made me look at old things new and new things are just boom, just boom. Why are you taking this program? Because it's part of my RMT. It's part of becoming an RMT. There's, there's psychology here. You've got people coming down half naked in front of you on your table. They're vulnerable as fuck. People don't come for orthopedic assessment and stuff like that. The bigger things because they feel good, mm -hmm. right? They're in there feeling something. It's not always great. And then there's you. And you're taking maybe up to eight of those a day. That's a lot of energy moving around a lot of different type of energy yeah it is yeah. and a lot of it is in pain mm. right and when you start to work on a person's body a lot of emotional release can occur as well may it, it's it's big so you've got to be able to deal with it i mean you're just like um a barber a hairdresser a taxi cab driver right you're kind they of they almost need to take some lessons in psych Anyone who has to deal with people in close quarters, repeatedly, constantly, daily, man, you're dealing with people. So I believe that this is probably one of the most important courses I've taken on my route to being an RMT. And I have the sneaky suspicion that not a lot of students are valuing it. You can have a knack for a thing or you can learn a thing when it's physical if you are okay at massage you can improve that game but if you don't realize even that there is a game up here forget about yeah, it you're, you're missing in, yeah, yeah you're in for some shit with your clients sooner or later that will accumulate all right soon sooner or later that well you awareness you, will you'll wonder accumulate. why you're not doing very good yeah and that, that's uh, likely the connection. So I've been sitting here, I've been just like clutching my fingers, you know, I've been like, yes, this course, and it's doing everything I wanted it to do. Oh, that's great. I just didn't think it was gonna do it to me. You yeah, know? totally. All right, so. I'm over here, I got this. <laughs> but I'll come and sit down and see what you got to say. <laughs> I thought it was all about, guys, this is how you, you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, it, like I said, more, I more than tactical strategy. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to general this shit. All not, right. Not challenge your notions of belief 
about yourself. About yourself. Yeah. People are coloring and eating and sleeping. I'm back there tearing. Mm. I'm back there tearing. I'm back there with my head down like this going, fuck. Straight. I'm serious. The first course, the first uh, class we left, he saw me, he goes, Wakefield, <laughs> right? As I was kind of leaving. He's like, kind of looks at me. I said, listen, man, because he's my prof. He's 14 years my junior, right? He's an amazing man. He is. And he, he says, I don't know you, but I get the feeling you think about this really hard, <laughs> right? And I was like on that kind of choky. And I said, listen, and I said, please excuse my language because he's my prof. I said, listen, some of the shit you fucking say in there fucks me up. I said, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not joking with you. I said, I'm not fishing for anything with you. I said, some shit you just said in there is fucking me up. And we've had this conversation the last two classes. He's like, wake. And I'm like, fuck off. I got to go. Totally. Let, me, let me absorb this. I'm like, and I had to say that. And he said, do you, do you want to talk to me? And I said, I want to talk to me. And then maybe I'll talk to you. I said, you're doing all the talking you need to do for me. Thank you. That's why I'm in this state. But... It, he's one of, I can tell, he's one of these men who have come into my life who I'm never going to forget. This guy's changed my life. Another doctor there, Dr. Hannah, Hannah Stastny, she did anatomy and physiology with me, but she did so much more. Just the whole of Dr. Stastny, she changed my life, and I told her so. So on my way to being an RMT, some really big things are happening that aren't necessarily about that game. But man, they've added to the game and they've changed the game. Oh, that's so great. Especially the head game, big time. <clears throat> Is there, because um, here's the beauty of, uh, of being on the mic right now and talking about this. Uh, you get to actually share something with your future self. Maybe something uh, that you are, are grappling with and to be okay about or, or like something to, to, to be aware of. What would that be? Do you have any idea what you'd say to your future self right now about the grapple right now? Honestly, you're doing okay, but there's just a whole lot more work to do, a whole lot more coming. Like you said, just hang on. The ride is still going. Yeah. It was, it was just a little bit of because um, I don't know exactly or specifically how to put it today at this moment what things have been making me feel like I'm in the ring with Hallie. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, the you're, combination you're grappling of these with a ghost right now. You, that's a great one. I'm trying to catch smoke, right? Totally. It's, it's stuff like that. So all I can say is, yeah, just good for you that you actually thought you were doing it and you weren't puffed up about it. You've been doing it as privately as possible and you haven't been fucking around. It's just... It's like new glasses, you know, just wider peripheral on this. There's, there's bigger shit. There's more shit. Who knows? What, what, who knows what's coming? There's just shit to do. There's shit going to happen. There's a book that I read, um, just finished reading recently called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics from Maxwell Maltz. He was a plastic surgeon in the 1960s, a guy way ahead of his time, up, up there with Napoleon Hill and uh, Dale Carnegie, Carnegie. Like these guys. Um, and he observed something really interesting. And I, I find this uh, very aligned with what you're grappling with. And, and actually, what you're in service of providing to your clients when you start to do that work. And that is that um, 
Well, he noticed that when people come in to change the things that they despise about themselves physically, that there are still that there is actually only a small portion who, after having done that work, go on to to make positive change in their life. And then what happens to the rest is uh, it's still status quo. It's still uh, going as it is. And and, uh, he was really curious to know why. Why is it that um, even after having done all this work, you are still destructive, um, not uh, not value, valuing the the contribution that you have, uh, that you can do the the, the positive impact. Like there, there's just Thank all you. of this is is yeah. there, and and gra- and people are grappling with it, and it all comes down now to um, what you believe to be true about yourself, the stories that you've created. and and how it now influences at the subconscious level and what it translates into as illness in your case they now I, i look at my mom as an example my mom was diagnosed with ms um early in her life probably in her um early 30s i would guess and um that's defined her Ah, it, it is now part of who she knows herself to be as someone who is un, unable to do certain things. And so uh, doubles down, the, the mind doubles down on that because that, that, is, that is real, right? Yeah, and, is. and it actually doesn't, and I'm not dismissing the, the illness, it is a significant illness. Um, but the mind, as, as we are, as you are, really starting to, to get aware, more aware of, is a powerful force, a force for healing, a force for destruction. Mind-body connection is big. Yeah. It sounds obvious, and it sounds aloof. Totally. And then I say, I'm starting to be an RMT, and everyone thinks masseuse, you know, and I might sound like I'm trying to defend what I don't know. I'm just saying, this stuff that I've been learning is so very real and that mind-body connection is so very apparent with the science with the empirical evidence it's just a reality uh the fact that it's so easy to say those words like all the other words that we throw out like compassion and gratitude and empathy it's a different thing to live them act them embrace them it really is different those who do that's those are the ones, those are the people that insist on the reality of it. They've embraced it. They've worked with it, through it, and gotten results from it. Well, and they're actually sitting with um, themselves and, and embracing. Uh, there's, this, there's this quiet power that we all have. Uh, you, you look at people like... Um, the, the scientists who have been so and and Maltz, you know, in his own own way, and, and I'm paraphrasing his book. It's a, a big, deep dive into the, um, the the grapple between the conscious and the subconscious mind and how one influences the other and how we're constantly trying to solve all of our problems with a with a conscious mindset that's just incapable of doing it. Uh, but none the wiser because that um, that's been what's running the show. That's how we've been coached uh, by our parents and our parents' yep. parents, and and that's just how this it's is going. the drill. Yeah, exactly. And then you t- look at people like um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, say again, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes, we talk about Dr. Joe. My God, the guy has proven 
that you can change your DNA, your genetics through thought, through the, the power of the mind. This is not like woo woo shit. Thank you. This is, this is now with empirical evidence that this is possible. This is how it can happen. And uh, there's another gentleman, um, I can't remember his name, I'm going to post it in the show notes. He did a show at um, Impact Theory, um, and he uses cold, like cold, extreme temperature uh, to, to be able to disrupt the body and allow the body to achieve amazing feats. He's ran uh, marathons in the desert this i know yeah he's ran yeah. marathons in the desert he's he's swam underneath an iceberg yeah um for a football field length in one breath he uh has he this this part is crazy he's actually summited mount everest in nothing but shorts heard about this dude he's able to control his body temperature superhuman man yeah this guy is but not the th- human but the thi- well but here's the thing he uh has proven he's like listen you get all the scientists and and researchers you want to poke and prod and and test um because this is not a genetic anomaly this is something that's taught we just happen to forgot have forgotten it and they he's actually taught groups of people how to be able to do this themselves so there are other humans walking around he's not the only one he's just the most profound the one who's mastered he's, he's doubled down on it yes and he's saying we all used to have this he talks about the ability to be able to um uh, focus at the genetic level to pull from from the the marrow of the bone um, some of the, uh, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this to shit, but there, there is something that he's able to do to bring it forward, to be able to achieve what he's able to achieve. He actually gets warmer in colder temperatures, his body that, and, and this is just a mechanism Living that he's furnace. able to do. Yeah. So he can do anything. Uh, it, it blew my mind. And I wonder and, how his body would be in the concept of repair you know what oh you you bring up an interesting point he actually got inoculated with a virus and he, he was able, off, and he man. was able to heal himself there you go. the the virus that got that uh, and this was a study so other people also got inoculated with this virus deathly ill right were unable to 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 really deal with it for him it was a non-issue didn't affect him no he actually got to, he just went to work. Posted in those notes because we spoke about this. One of my fellow students spoke about this very guy for the last two weeks. He's, this guy has come up. Actually, I heard his name at one point. And I was like, this, I thought I heard this before. And then I heard it again. I'm like, I'm sure. And here it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely share that with you. I would love to know. Super I'd like profound. to see this crazy shit this guy does. I'd well, like and to, and to circle back to the, like the thing that my, my mom is grappling with, right. with her MS, the, who's to say that it's not possible to actually be able to be in control of it and reverse it and now be in control again? It's possible as long as they prove it's not, as long as they can't prove it's not. And then we've got some humans out there saying it is because look at me. So... Possibilities there, man. He, he talks about this uh, this uh, idea that we have only tapped into or only have access to ten percent of of our brain, and he's like, "It's fucking bullshit." 
You have access to all of it. At any given time, you have access to all of it. What are you doing? This is what are you doing? Are you operating at 10%? Because then you're only going to use 10%. How does one learn to operate at 10 plus percent? I, I would say you just need to listen and learn from the masters that are out there saying entertain it's possible. This, entertain this idea. It's another idea. So um, I've heard about this a few times. It's called the beginner's mind. As human beings, especially old, seasoned, crusty human beings, we have it that um, this is how it's always been. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that before. I know how it's going to go. Uh, and so in, in that context, nothing truly innovative or disruptive or, or, or groundbreaking will ever happen. But what's awesome about the human being is if you look at it from the beginner's mind, as in removing all ideas of what you think it is, how you think it's going to go, what you understand it to be or believe it to be, if you are able to set all that aside and look at it newly without anything influencing it, you now have the space to learn something new. And all that influences our decisions um, are, are no longer a factor in preventing us from growing. So I always work to look at things from a beginner's mind. And it's not easy. There's always this. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's not easy at all. There's My always this dialogue. Word. Oh, no, that there's no way it can. There's no way that can happen. I could never do that. Oh, that's shatter. impossible. Yeah. And that's what Dr. Maltz talks about. In, inside the grapple of, of the conscious and the subconscious mind. What, what we do, what we're really good at is um, uncovering problems, um, thinking of potential solutions, um, that, that, that brainstorming, that thinking in the moment. But what it's not very good at is now um, working to find the solution to said problem, the conscious mind. That is for the subconscious mind. But what we do is with all the negative self chatter that most of us carry around with us, it now influences what our subconscious and what he calls the creative mechanism, um, what we allow it to be able to take on. So it's, it's actually being influenced by it. It's being throttled by it, blocked by it. So the context for beginner's mind is to actually allow the spontaneity of uh, the creative the creative side of ourselves to do its thing, to stop stopping ourselves from taking an action that, oh man, I've never done that before. I don't know if that's like all of those considerations. If you're to just let it go and do that thing and be in action around something that you've never considered would be a thing to do starts to create something quite magical for all of us. That type of thinking seems to be very insurmountable for a lot of people. It is. It absolutely is. Sheeple. We are uh, Vision from Mind Valley. He talks about uh, the levels of consciousness um, and the very first level of, or awareness, rather. The very first level of awareness is the idea that um, life happens to me. And inside of that idea that life happens to me, you are in, not in control at all. Powerless, man. Powerless. You yeah, are succumbed. Chess piece. That's right. That's what you're saying. Chess piece to the gods. But there are other levels of consciousness, awareness that people operate from. And it's evident by our 
despairingly large gap between those who are uh, successful and and doing things that uh, those at the bottom feel like I, I don't even know how it's possible how could we possibly go travel to Mars uh, you know the the idea of the te- uh, of uh, of the Elon Musks in the world uh, and the Steve Jobs and and all of these guys who just said you know what fuck it I'm I'm gonna do this because I totally see that it's possible and go figure they fucking do it well we you've just mentioned some iconic names who have done some iconic things People don't have to be looking at these goddamn fucking big leaps like that. Not everyone's going to be one of these peeps, but if they could only see that they can be that kind of person in their own life, if they could only see that they could just be that big in their little wee life, everything fucking changes. Everything changes. It's baby steps. Baby steps more often. And it takes a beginner's mind to do that. So look at a child who has not experienced anything. And I really love this metaphor of a baby learning to walk. It doesn't fall down and say, well, okay. I knew it. I knew I couldn't do this. So I'm just not going to walk anymore. No. Sitting. It, yeah, I'm sitting. <laughs> just give me some wheels. I'm resigned to just wheeling around for the rest of my life. No, that's not how it goes. They have no context for anything that's being, uh, that, that we as adults have been influenced and, uh, and sabotaged by. They just try it again yeah, and try it again and try it again. There's nothing stopping them. We unlearn that ability. We unlearn that ability to just do it again. We learn to say, I can't. We just learn to say no after once. We learn to quit trying. We learn that early. And it comes with language. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It comes with language. Because what happens is that baby also doesn't understand any of the bra 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 going on. That's just white noise. Clickety click click click. That's all they hear from us, you know. Right. Until they start to comprehend language, they don't know of those concepts we just said of trying, not trying, or having an open mind to it. They just instinctively do, and then they start listening to us, adults. Then they start to hear the language of negativity. That's not possible. You can't do that. Don't try. Yeah. You learn that, that shit. Is so true. We unlearn the instinct to just go forward with a thing. And we learn, especially through language, to, yeah, I tried that once. Ain't doing that shit again. Guilty. Been there. Done that. Takes years to unlearn that. Takes years to unlearn that. What's really great about what you said and what I'm clear you're committed to as a professional as someone who understands the power and uh, and the necessity of really owning what you can do with language, what we can all do with language, with with uh, words and the power of words, and to give people um, better training with how to use their words. One of the things that I believe is, yeah, you can train people to use words. It's just like, it's just like, it's just like Taekwondo. You can train someone to know the moves. Then you throw them against an opponent. Do they automatically just, without script, do they just do it? Great. So you can teach someone to get a bigger vocabulary, right? Expand your vocab. Maybe understand a few more literary devices, how the language works. 
my opinion is that if you aren't connecting what you say to how you feel, I have a, it's just me. When I get emotionally behind words, which is a lot of the time, the authenticity is there. Mm -hmm. I don't feel I have to put on anything. It comes out and there it is. I don't believe unless people really get in touch with this, they're going to be able to move all of that information around, all of that literary information around in a different kind of way. If you get what I'm saying, they look, they can dress the part, put on a dobok, get in the ring, but when it's time to fight, it's not the same. Right. So I believe it has to do with a connection to how you feel about these words. If it's just, these are the words I'm throwing out, that's how it's gonna feel. Like they're words thrown out. That's so good. So, so Maltz talks about our truth. What we believe to be true is what will determine um, what we decide to do, how we decide to act, the choices we take, the words that we use. They, if they are not true for us, uh, they, they hold no power. They sound good, to your point, right? Oh man, that was, that was really great. Um, but if it is not resonating at the level of like belief, it, it doesn't do anything. It can't. It can't. Yeah. It just sounds intelligent, smart, maybe even engaging, but it doesn't make you swell. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you stand still and feel moved. Well, I think that's the opportunity that you really bring to the table in, in helping others to understand the power, the true power of, of language and words to, to have them now own what's theirs to understand what's theirs and to own what's theirs. This is a journey that, uh, that I am uh, newly t- taking on, right? And we've talked about this. Uh, there, there is words that, I, that when I say them, I, I feel it, I believe it. And go figure, it has an impact out there. But the words that I use to try and be something, uh, show up a certain way, act a certain way that's not yeah. really who I am yeah. but sounds cool <laughs> doesn't actually do anything in fact most of us whether we're aware of it or not are notice that it's off we, we don't we don't know why we're just like yeah I'm not buying it I, I don't believe you because you don't believe you that's the opportunity for, for, for all of us to really own the words and the language that we use, um, that we want to, that we want to use, maybe are inspired by, but are, are scared by, i.e. values. Yeah. Right. Like the, the grapple that you are in right now, the, the notion of values for you, it's being contested like deeply contested. He said, bring it down to five. Now I'm looking at a guy who's 32 years old and he's a 
traditional Chinese medicine doctor. He's a GP, I'm quite sure. He is um, 10 years RMT. He's an acupuncturist. He's a holistic psychologist. Holy shit. He began his life out as an is electrician. Is he a normal human being? I don't fucking believe so. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in the ballpark with you. And I, I completely feel what you're saying. And if there's one thing that... I have always been able to convey to students, especially that I'm teaching this art. I tell them, if you don't feel this shit, they'll know. Yeah. I, I try to encourage them to write things that are difficult to think, let alone write, fuck, say. I try to get them there. Because when voices crack and when papers make this noise, right? And, and you know, you see people flush it like this is the real. It's not about really just the poetry. I'm like, it's the feeling that makes these words that real. Yes. So me being a performer, I have some very deep stuff, some very touching things that I'm able to just perform through them. But in the beginning, it was hard to perform through them. It was. It was a lot of emotion. It was very cathartic. I was letting stuff go. You do that for 19 years and then you're able to do it. The feeling is still there. I can still perform it with that conviction that you know I am reliving it. That's why my poetry does what it does to some people. Some people may just may not touch them at all. That's all good and funky. I'm obviously not doing it for you. It's for everyone yeah, else. That's yeah, cool. totally. I'm it's, cool. You don't get it. For it's you. not for you. It's yeah. all right. You know, it's for those who get it. And no one will believe that I came off of a stage and just performed. People will believe that I went up there and relived this motherfucking shit again and put it through words and felt it when I did it. People do believe that. That is what I want them to believe. That's what I want them to feel. That's the connection. That's that cathartic connection. That's it. I tell people, if you want those words to fly, you really have to feel them first. You have to. And then whatever you do with them past that will be authentically felt. Mm-hmm. It's got to come from that place first. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to package it. It's still authentic. It's going to work. But if it didn't come from there, then it didn't come from there. That's the, that, and that goes right back full circle to what you're grappling with with your values. What, what you are grappling with with your values is words that you might have chosen. But is it actually the words that, um, that are supposed to be there for you? I don't know. I'm going to try and get to that. It was the values thing in this guy. So this guy has brought down his life to five values, and I look at what he's accomplished. There, right. That's, there that's it. Whew. It's hard for me sometimes, guys. Win. Oh, there we go. So, the, And then I'll get back to what you just, which I've almost forgotten already because I good. just got back to this. So that was one of the greatest boom. When I looked at this guy 14 years, my junior, and you can feel what this guy yeah, It's can. electric. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, he, you love him. You know what I mean? He's a great human. 
And I say, this guy broke his shit down to five that like it, to me that's just not enough he brought it down to five look what he's doing with his life there are things i value and because i know i intrinsically do i don't think about them i just assume that i still value them they, they happen you know they're just there he's telling me why don't you look for the five of them that's the big wave because here's a guy who says he has done it. He's done it with people. He's done it with patients. This is what I've done. You know, it'd be a cool exercise for you to do. And this is just me spitballing right in the moment. The values that uh, rise to the surface for you, for you to um, set up a camera and speak to those values as you speak to any uh, ideas or notions or, or, or things that you're observing right inside of your poetry. If, if you're able to, for each of those values, create a, a deep, powerful context for it, I'd be curious to know what shows up as an exercise, what starts to flow and just naturally arise, float to the top. I believe that for someone like yourself who, who really channels um, the spoken word, that that would be a, um, a tool for you to, to deepen your relationship to your five values, to, to, to start to navigate and, and find them. What would More that look homework. like? Thanks, yeah, yeah. David. Should you choose to accept <laughs> it? I think it'd be quite interesting. A, th a therapeutic... A counseling session with yourself. I about, think you're right. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I need to have more conversations with me. Mm -hmm. Apparently that's starting to feel like that's a truth. Yeah. But I thought all this inner dialogue was a conversation. It's time to really have some one-on-ones per se. Yeah, yeah. And there is a very different dialogue yeah. in our head and then what's spoken. <laughs> yeah. I wrote this on the Facebook of my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, and, and then to challenge it. And then when, when we start to make it real, because in our mind, I mean, it, it's just a whole other arena in our mind. But yeah, when we speak word. it, it starts to be real in a whole other way. I have said that to people. This is the thing, you sling words. I said the re... The, when I say to students, who's the artists in the room? Mm -hmm. And they like Scooby-Doo face and I'm like yo who are the painters who are the poets who are the writers who are the dancers who are the music and then the hands go up and I and I say to I say to them I say there is a reason that poetry and spoken word has become the most dynamic fantastic art form for the last two decades I said because talk is cheap talk is cheap and then kind of I said People do it all day, every day. You do it all day. You do it we're not supposed to. Am I right, Mrs. or Mrs. Mr. Whoever yeah, teacher? Right. And you're talking in the hall. Blah, 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 blah. I said, everyone talks. And then I kind of turn it. Because I can always see the students who are like me. They're never just like me. There's always a bunch of students. And together I can see who I was. 
And I, I tell them, I'm like, you know, you've got the class clowns, you've got those at the back of the room. They like to, they, they like to, to make jokes, and the jokes are never really funny. The jokes are at people. They jump on people. They're about other people. When people are up there not being a sheeple, when people are trying to lead a crowd and speak instead of being a face in the crowd and squeak, there are ones up there and they're throwing shit at them left, right, and center, front, back, and lateral. I said, talk is cheap. People do it all the time. I said, when you actually wrestle with the words. Yes. And that's the word I like to use. I like to wrestle with the words. That's what I like to do. When you get pig muddy with the words, that's when brilliance comes out of your face. Mm -hmm. I can't do that in conversation. I'm a far better poet than, than conversationalist. And that's what I really love about poetry too, because I can really pick and choose my words. There's a lot of words I don't necessarily regret, but I wish I had delivered better. Right. I don't, I don't, I'm criticizing myself all the time. I can't help it. It's, it's but, a way, our tendency, human tendency, right? To, but when you tell them, take your time with this, and say what you mean. Don't say what you think anyone wants to hear. This is one of those, don't give a fuck. Say whatever you want. Man. Then they understand how poets make words valuable. How spoken word artists make words gold. Talk is cheap. It's funny that you say that you, uh, you struggle with, with having conversations. But, yeah. Because we're actually having one right now. I'm just saying. Yeah, I... Uh, I yeah. You, yeah, it's <laughs> and it, it it is a conversation that that um, all of those things that you just talked about that need to be in there was here. We are not and and being on a mic, man. It, there is a huge pull to say something that uh, you feel people should hear, right? You got to get it right. It's got to be perfect. Uh, it's a, a daily grapple. It's the perfect exercise to be on a microphone. It is. When I first stepped into the studio, you saw me light up and I said how much I love this atmosphere, radio. Mm -hmm. Yes to everything you said. However, there's something about this environment that does something to me. Right. It's not natural. It, you get what I'm saying? The it, feeling that I get in this environment is not something I get anywhere else. When I speak in a room like this, there's just something about this atmosphere that I love. So It um, makes it easy. Yeah. So I really don't feel, we'll call it conversation anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's something about this feeling. I don't know what it is. First time I was on a radio was U of T Radio. CIUT 89.5 FM AM FM I think it is and it was my first radio spot and I got in this studio with Nick Beat RIP Nick Beat and Nancy Bullis hi Nancy and we went in there and I one of those quintessential moments just something happened. It's one of those moments, if you can, if you think about your life, and since you only use 10% of your brain, there's very little you can remember. And, but there are these big moments that you do remember. Like if you really sit back, be still, and just chill for a bit, you can think of a lot of big moments. And those feelings have never been duplicated, replicated. They were unique. You may have had a few more that were similar, but you remember unique feelings. I remember the unique feeling of being 
in a booth. There's a warmth in here. There's a cozy. It's a, there's an audible hug in. That's a great way to put it. In a booth. So no matter what goes on in it, I feel really at home in this atmosphere. And the conversation anxiety doesn't really enter. Um, someone say, because it's a controlled atmosphere. I've been in a lot of controlled atmospheres where the conversation anxiety enters. Totally. And in fact, just not really those here. would be where most of that anxiety does show up is, is when it's really trying to be controlled. Yeah. That's the whole point here. We're not trying to control it. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave something. Um, we're going to wrap up. All right. Uh, and I'm going to leave something with everybody listening uh, to do some homework. Should you choose to accept it? Uh, because it's worthwhile. And, and that is to actually uh, think about what are the things that you hold valuable what are your values? Have you even, it is a big task. Have you even considered it before? And if you've considered it before, how much time have you actually spent doing the work? Because in doing the work uh, for others, and I have done a lot of this type of work, we tend to want to rush it, get to the end result, have it checked off of our list of things that we've accomplished and move on. And you, you just do it a disservice when you do it that way. So um, what are your values? Let us know. And why are those values important to you? I think that's, that's a critical thing that most of us don't give enough time and attention to, to really thinking about and, and uncovering. So that's episode 54 of the Just Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Wakefield. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you. I'm glad that we got to uh, just kind of shoot the shit a little bit. Um, yeah, that's mono nice. Mono. That's nice. Um, at the beginning, I'll be completely honest. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to talk about. Go figure. <laughs> and here we are. Anyways, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.